Amen and amen. Church, if you're new, we do series where we, we'll, we'll pick a, a theme or a topic and preach on it for three, four, five weeks. And we kicked off this year with a vision series called Bold Prayers and Big Dreams. And it's been amazing. And, and through this uh, journey, we said we're going to have 21 days of, of specific prayer, bold prayer, and fasting. And uh, so today is the final day of the 21 days. So I'm telling you, after today, no more prayer. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm kidding, right? I, there, this is a springboard to what God's going to do. That's what I believe about this series. This has fueled you for the rest of the year. And, and that's what we want. But, but this is not, the, this is certainly no ending. This is only the beginning. And I'm going to tell you, for me, can I talk about just personally, the, the, this series has been hard. But, but here's the thing, and maybe you're going through a hard season. Let me tell you something. Won't it be, isn't this true that regardless of where you're at, won't it be the hard days, the difficult de- days, the trying seasons that you'll eventually look back on and be like, my gosh, look what God did. Like, it, w- it probably won't be the days when you, you know, you, you kick back on your couch and binge on Netflix for 13 hours. That probably won't be, you know, checking out season four of Ozark and just binging on it. Well, I'm just going to say it, the, the fact that they cut us off at episode seven, I, st- I still can't get over it. I'm ticked. So anyway, so, but I, it'll be the hard days. It'll be the days when the divorce papers are in front of you and you say, no, you know what? I'm going to fight another day. It'll be when the addiction is, is eating at you and you're like, you know what? I, I, need to st- I need to just stay clean just today. If I can just get through today and you do it. It'll be when you're struggling with depression. You want to cash it in, but instead you call a friend and you, and you tell them that you need them. And you pray, pray together, and you make it another day. See, those will be, it'll be the hard days that you remember that you look back on. It'll be the days where you didn't give up. Heck, I'll tell you this. Some of you, believe it or not, even your hardest days, there, there might be a day you look back and you actually laugh. You're like, oh my gosh, that was so hard. Like, I, t- I tell my wife Jody all the time, Jody, we might look back that day that you picked me up from jail. We'll probably look back and just giggle about that. Maybe not. Actually, she never picked me up from jail. I didn't know you at that time, Jody. It was before. Anyway, so I got a little history, but that doesn't matter right now. So it's the hard days. It's the days that are trying. I wrote this down. Sometimes, and I bet a lot of you know this, sometimes it takes a difficult situation to get you to do what you would not otherwise do. Doesn't it? Sometimes it takes, sometimes you got to be forced into change. Like, you know, when things are good, when the, when the rain is plentiful, it's an afterthought, isn't it? But I'm telling you what, when you're in a drought, it's the only thought. And some of you, you're in a drought. And some of you are in a difficult situation, in a difficult place. This is why you're here. This is why God would have you tune in online, on, on Facebook or, or, or Instagram or wherever you're watching from. I'm telling you, th- that, those are the times that you will remember in your life. And if you're in that fight, I'm telling you, we have a mantra here. We have a lot of them at Meadows Church. One of them is just one word, hope. And we remind people all the time, there is hope for you, right? There is, a, there is hope for a bright future for you. But here's the thing. It's rarely found down the easy path. It rarely is. You, you look, you, we, you, we have to look no farther than Jesus to see this guy, no one exuded hope and love and, and, and second chances and life more than him. And he walked the hardest path that we've ever seen. In fact, the story I'm going to share with you today, oh my gosh, you guys. This is like the very, very tail end of Jesus' life on earth. 
And I'm preaching out of Luke 22. This is one of the Gospels. The, the New Testament starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, Luke, he, he was a doctor, and he recorded a lot of Jesus' um, life. And this is the tail end. Like I said, this is a Thursday at the Last Supper. Jesus died on the next day, Friday, is when we, he was hung on a cross. So this is the day before Jesus is dying. And he has that fame Last Supper, you know? And, he, and there are so many conversations going on in this. It's insane. One of them is really crazy. Like, I've, oh, I, I like you can skim across it and even miss it. Uh, let me give it to you. Verse uh, 2231. So they're at the Last Supper setting. And Jesus turns to one of the main disciples. His, when I say main, I mean cl closest to him, Simon. And he says, Simon, Simon, also known as Peter. Simon, Satan, so Satan's very real. Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Listen to what he says next. This is Christ speaking. But I have pleaded in prayer for you. That blows me away. I read it over and over. Jesus, you're the son of God. Yeah, yeah, you gave up some divine rights and privileges, but Jesus makes a statement there that we need to really cling to. Jesus pleaded with the Father in prayer for Simon and the other disciples, for Satan not to sift them like wheat. That means destroy, kill, steal, and destroy areas and parts of their life like he's maybe done in your life, and he wants to do in your life and my life. So, so Jesus, it's so crazy. He's pleading in prayer. Simon, I, I'm pleading in prayer that your faith should not fail. That's so crazy. You know what that means? That means your faith can fail. If, you're, if Jesus is, is praying that your faith doesn't fail, that means that you can have faith and it can fail. It, it, it's so crazy. So, so I'm praying that your faith won't fail. And then Jesus continues. So when you have repented, Peter, and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Do you know what Jesus just said there? You're going to turn from me. You're going to leave me. So, so Peter, when you leave me, when you finally turn back, strengthen the guys. Strengthen, strengthen you know, Bartholomew. Strengthen um, Matthew. Strengthen them. And, and Peter's like, what? Uh, turn from you. Like, we're with, we're in this, Jesus. Peter even said, Lord, I mean, I don't know what you mean. Turn back to you. I'm not turning from you. I'm ready to go to prison with you. I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus is like, oh, boy, Peter. Yeah, and he probably leaned in and said, Peter, psst, psst, Peter, I don't want the other guys to hear this, but in, a, in just a few moments, you're going to deny you even knew me. You, you're going to lie to, like, a little girl's going to ask you, aren't you, don't you know, and you're going to lie to her. You're going to be so freaked out. That's so insane. So let, let's skip to verse 39. They're done with the Last Supper, and they go to a garden called Gethsemane. Just kind of a hard word to say, but that's the name of the garden that they go to. Now, the word Gethsemane, it, it means oil press or olive press, pressure. Don't, don't forget that. that. That is so significant. So they leave the Last Supper, they go downstairs, and they head to a garden. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus leaves the room, and he went, what's it say next? As usual. Jesus has been to the garden before. Jesus has prayed in the garden this is one of many. That as, see, the Bible is so packed full of things that are so easy to miss. That's why you have to continually read it. It comes alive every time. As usual. Jesus, are you telling me that prayer was like a, a habit of yours? And he would say, yeah. It, it's all I really, I mean, I was constantly in prayer, in communication with my father. So as usual, they go to this garden, and uh, there Jesus says, you guys, first thing he says is what? Pray. 
First thing he says when he gets in the garden, Jesus will be dead in less than a day. And he tells them, pray. And then he says something crazy that I've missed before. Because I, I, I'm like, Jesus prayed in the garden. He told the disciples to pray, but he was specific. Remember bold prayers and big dreams? It's about being specific with the Father. Pray specific prayers. He loves it. So Jesus is specific, and he says, hey, pray that you won't give into temptation. And I'm like, that seems so abstract and weird. Like, why wouldn't Jesus say, hey, pray. Pray for strength for me and for what we're going to be going through here in just a few minutes and for tomorrow and all I'll take on and the, and the, and the agony. But he says, pray for, that you don't give into temptation. It's just strange. We'll come back to it. Verse 41, Jesus then tells them to pray, and then he walks away. The Bible says he walks about a stone's throw away, and then what does Jesus do? He kneels down, and Jesus does what Jesus does. He prays, and he speaks to the Father, and it's so intense, and it's so specific, and it's so vulnerable. He says, Father, if you're willing, we'll never understand the agony of Jesus in the garden. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Jesus is hu fully human. Remember this. The humanity of the Jesus is insane. He gave up divine rights, divine privileges to come to earth and live as a, as a human being. God, take this cup of suffering. Yet, what does he say? I want your will, Father. Your will, not mine. You pray that prayer, pray specifically, your life will change. God, not my will, but yours. God, not my will, but yours. Not my will, God, but yours. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened Jesus. What does Jesus do? He prays more. He prayed more fervently. It was so intense. Listen to this. This is nuts. It was so intense. Intense. He was in such agony of spirit. Sweat fell from his, from his face like drops of blood. Think about, the, when is the last time that you prayed like that? I mean, so, I mean, blood, sweat, and tears, right? For some of you Chief fans, it was like a week ago, right? You, blood, sweat, you're 13 seconds, there's no, so, Verse 45, let's continue. He prays like crazy. It's falling from his face like blood. And he gets up. And this is what he says. He stands up. He goes to the disciples. And what are they doing? Sleeping. <laughs> Remember Peter? Peter, I, I got your back, Jesus. I'm with you all the way. I'll go to prison for you, Jesus. Jesus, I would die for... <laughs> And he's out cold. That's how much Peter had his back. But not just Peter, the others. And they were, there was some grief going on, so you, you got to cut them some slack. They're feeling it just like Jesus, not like he's feeling it, but they, they, they have that same sense that something is amiss. And Jesus says, why are you sleeping? Get up. And what's he telling them to do? Pray. I, I got to confess, as your pastor, the, this series has hit me so hard, and I would love to tell you, God, I'm a prayer warrior. God, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm intercessing morning, noon, or night, but this, 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 this series has humbled me. I can't believe how much I didn't pray. I, I cannot believe it. I mean, so I don't know how it's hitting you, but Jesus says, get up and pray, and then he says it again. So you won't give into temptation. There's something about being tempted that Jesus is saying here. It, it's crazy. And, and, and the more I really pondered that and prayed about that scripture, it makes sense. Jesus knows if we give into temptation, it's going to separate us from him. Why? Because as soon as you give into temptation, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to sin. And when you sin, it separates you from the Father. And the last thing that the Father wants is to be separated from you. He's in love with you. So this is so crazy. So Jesus is like, don't give into temptation. Temptation is such a big deal. If you're struggling with it, and if you're breathing, you probably struggle with it. I'm telling you, there's a way out. 
the Bible says there's a way out. So Jesus, and I always tell people, I think the biggest temptation, especially for followers of Jesus, it, it, it isn't maybe, oh, it's the, 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 the porn or the drugs and this and affairs. Yeah, 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 they're all temptations. But here's the biggest temptation. I'll tell you what it is. It's to do what's easy. That's your biggest temptation. It is. Your biggest temptation, Jesus never took the easy road. He took, he took the path through a garden in agony. Your biggest temptation will be to do what's easy rather than what's right. Do you know what's easy? Status quo. Do you know what's easy? I'll just keep doing kind of the same thing. Do you know what's easy? Um, not changing. Not growing. Not learning. Just, just kind of stay in the same groove. That's what's easy. But if there's anything Jesus is showing us here, don't take that path. Take, his will is not, an easy, is not an easy path. That's why the word of God says few will take it. Few will take the road that leads to life. Isn't that insane to even hear? Few will take this road that leads to life. Why? It's not an easy road. It's not an easy road. So Jesus says, but it's so worth it. So, so Jesus takes the hard path, and he prays boldly in the garden. And how does he close it? God, your will be done. I submit to your will. See, I, I, I may not even know some of you. I don't know some of you. But I know this probably about you. you deep down, you want God's will. I, I believe that. I think deep down, you want to live your God-given purpose. But how do you dis discern it? I get that question all the time. How do I know my purpose? The number one thing we need to do to discern purpose? Pray. Pray. It is the, God, I'm telling you, prayer is real. Prayer is tangible. You know, that, this same story of the garden and Jesus in Matthew um, I love the Gospels. It's just different angles from these guys telling the story. And Matthew, he, he shows us that Jesus said, watch and pray. And then he said, so that you won't, he said in Luke, so you won't give it a temptation. Well, he added something. He also said, for the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, that hits me. You'll find that in the Gospel of Matthew. He says this, your spirit, you guys, is willing. Like you want it in your spirit, but what you actually, the way you actually live it won't be as easy. Your, your flesh, your, your temptations, you, you're, you're weak to those. It's easy to give in to those. Like you want to do the right thing, but many times you don't do it. That means your spirit is willing. I want to, but your flesh, your actions are weak. Here's what I'll tell you about that. Are you feeding your spirit? I always, I always ask, am I feeding my spirit? Because this is a fact. I mean, this is science. What you feed grows. Am I right? You feed it, it's going to be healthy. It's going to grow. What you starve eventually he dies, right? I mean, this isn't rocket science. Well, if I feed it, it grows. If I starve it, it dies. What are you feeding? Here's how you, here's how you feed your spirit. Obviously, prayer. You connect to God. Anytime you connect to God, you're feeding your spirit. You know what you're doing today right now, in this moment? You are feeding your spirit. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for even being here today, for, for showing up, for clicking online to watch. It might be two years from now you're watching this. I'm telling you, you're feeding your spirit. When you get in the word of God, oh, spiritual nourishment, you're feeding your spirit. Jesus knew he needed to feed his spirit, especially giving up divine rights. So what does he do all the time? He has this habit of praying. And he teaches his disciples to do the same. Pray. Pray, don't give in. Pray, don't give in. Pray. Don't give in. Pray that you don't give in to temptation. That's so, that temptation thing, it's so significant here. I rarely have even taught on this. I don't think I've ever taught on this when it comes to the garden and, and, and this, this moment before Jesus goes to the cross. I don't know if I've ever seen it, this temptation.
but it, it makes such perfect sense because it'll separate us. L let me ask you a question. You don't need to raise your hand, but have you ever tried to break a bad habit and you can't do it? Like, whatever it is, it's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to eat that. I don't want to drink that. I don't want to snort that. I don't want to look at that. But you go back to the well. And you, you seem to keep doing it. Can I tell you something? Oh, that was me in my, in my drug addiction. Always going back. Wanted to keep, quit 10,000 times and just kept going back. Why? You know one big reason why I kept, kept going back? is because I kept saying no to the drugs, but I wasn't saying yes to something else. Okay, don't miss this. So, so Jesus is giving you some insight here. He's saying, you, you, you're going to say no to the temptation. And I kept saying no to the drugs. The problem was I said, I can't do the drugs. I won't do the drugs. Well, what am I thinking about? Drugs. I mean, it's like, say, it's like if I tell you, don't think about a big pink elephant. Okay, right now, whatever you do, don't think about the elephant. Don't think about the pink elephant. Don't, what are you doing? You're thinking about the elephant. It's like, I'm like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. I wasn't replacing it with prayer. I wasn't replacing it with something else. So, so Jesus, I mean, I, I'll give you the main point because it ties into what I'm telling you. Some of you who struggle in addiction or temptation, my God, let this fill your soul. Until you establish a prayer habit, you won't break your sin habit. You won't do it. You won't do it. You, I just, I just, Jesus is telling us that. And guys, pray. If you don't pray, you'll, you'll be tempted. You'll give in. You'll sin. Jesus told them over and over, pray that you don't what? Give it to temptation. Pray that you don't what? Give it to temptation. If you, don't, if you don't get a prayer habit, you won't break a sin habit. So, so I tell people all the time, because they're like, well, how do I pray more? How can I make it more of a habit? I mean, I pray sometimes in the morning or before a meal, but that's about it. I'll tell you. And I've, I've said this once before in a message, but one of the most powerful things that you can do is called habit stacking. What this means is it means that you, you take a habit that you want to do, like say prayer, and you, 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 you associate it or tie it to something that you do all the time. So for, I tell people, like, I love to read. I used to hate reading. I thought when I closed my last textbook in college, I'll never read a book again. And was I wrong? So, but reading is the number one way we grow. And people will say, well, how do you read books? How do you do it? I'll tell you, I can, I can have you reading a book a month like that. I'll tell you how. Here's just how you can do it. You, so you, you, well, I'll just tell you. Put a book in your bathroom, okay? Do I need to elaborate? I will. Put a book in your, you spend time in your bathroom. You spend time in your bathroom probably every day. If you, if you spend time in the bathroom and you open that book when you spend time, you'll read a book a month. Like some of you, some of you guys, you spend so much time in there, you read a book a day. I don't know. One gal asked me, why do you guys spend so much time in the bathroom? I mean, you can't be going the entire time. I mean, that's like impossible and gross. But I'm like, no. I said, sometimes we just go in there and just rest. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And ladies don't act like you don't do it, okay? It's, it's kind of a staycation, right? You shut the door. Anyway, so I'm telling you, so, so habit stacking. So maybe in your bathroom, you put a little sign that says pray. And every time that you're in the restroom or in the, your bathroom, you're praying. That's habit stacking. The other day I was walking my dog, Rudy. God, that dog. I'm going to tell you something straight up. When we go on walks, I don't see any other dog do what he does. It's so annoying. So we'll walk, and every about 19 inches, he stops and sniffs the crap out of something. You know, well, he's smelling other dogs. I'm like, how many other dogs are in the neighborhood? He's sniffing every two feet. And then he lifts his leg and nothing comes off. I'm like, you don't. He thinks he owns half of like Nebraska. I'm like, this isn't right. So God, God, one day I'm on this walk and what takes most people 10 minutes to walk around the block takes me an hour with this dog. And I'm like, 
And, I, and, and God reminded me, this, Monty, this would be a good time to pray. How about every time you go on a walk with your dog, you pray. And the first, my, first, my first prayer is get the dog moving, right? Get, get him going. But I pray on walks all the time now with my dog because it's a habit, a habit, uh, it's a habit that I've stacked. So I've combined prayer with a walk. I've, com- I've told you this, I've combined prayer with a shower. Every time I shower, I pray. Maybe you need to put a little sign or a little sticky on your shower that says pray, right? You pray daily. You shower daily, right? Okay. If you're not showering daily, there's your first prayer that you need to pray, right? I'm helping. So, but pray, you know, whatever you do on a daily basis, it's a walk. It's prayer. It's in your car, right? You're in your car. Pray in your car. My first prayer is I pray for all the drivers that suck at driving that are around me. I'm one of them. So, um, so pray in your car. Pick these moments that you're doing every day and start associating with it. And you, and you need to, you need to, you need, you need signs. You need sticky notes. You, you need that. I do. It's why I told you last week, God, if you missed last week's messages, will you watch it? I told you, set your phone. If you haven't set your phone to 9.23 a.m. or p.m. or 10.12 a.m. or p.m. and have it go off daily to remind you to pray, do it. Well, why 9.23? Why 10.12? Watch the message of last week and you'll find out. Set your phone to remind you to pray. These are things that you can do to habit stack and pray. It will not happen just by you thinking about it. It will, not, it will not happen by you hearing a message today and then leaving. Oh, it's a good message. It's good. It won't unless you do some things tangibly to remind yourself. But when you do, it will start to happen more naturally. I'll show you this. It's, it's, it's so, it's, 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 a, it's a fact. Do whatever it takes to remind yourself to pray. God, you don't want business as usual, do you? You don't want, you want this year to be different, right? I do. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to play church. I don't want to waste time. And you don't either. God wants to change you. God wants to use you. Use me? I mean, he's God. I'm just me. He's like, he's so religious and I'm so not. Well, that's a good thing. If God wanted to use religious people, he would have have picked the Pharisees to lead the first church. But he didn't. He picked a group of messed up misfits unpolitically correct broken hurting struggling he picked them but they were so you know why they were so powerful they were so united in prayer that they changed the world you don't have to be smart you don't have to have a degree all you got to do is get on your knees on a consistent basis oh god will use you to change the world the 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 early disciples they were so messed up you know I was reading Acts 13. This is when they're going on these missionary journeys 2,000 years ago to plant the first churches ever. Jesus has commissioned them. And in Acts 13, I'm just going to read this to you because it's so powerful. It's only three verses. It, it's, and now remember, they're planting churches now. They're starting to like build the church. Jesus is building his church through his people, just like he wants to do through you. Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch, of Syria, were Barnabas. He's part of it. Simeon, also called the black man. I told you they were not politically correct. So I'm just reading the word. Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a childhood friend of King Herod, Antipas, and Saul. Saul. Saul was not one of the 12 disciples, but he was a main character in the church planning regime. And Saul, he was so jacked up. I, if Saul was here today, we wouldn't let Saul serve in our kids' ministry. He wouldn't make it. He would not pass the background check. I'm telling you. But Saul, God's chosen Saul. And so Saul's there too. Listen to this. 
One day, these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. This could be your one day. Can I tell you that right now, straight up? This could be your one day. One day, everything changed. Through one prayer, through one fast, through one act of worship, everything changed. God, do you believe it can happen? I do. I've seen it. One day, these men are worshiping the Lord and fasting. Well, well, go figure. Guess what happens? The Holy Spirit shows up and speaks. I'm telling you, you pray, you fast, he'll talk. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, appoint Barnabas and Saul. (laughs) It's crazy. For a special work to which I've called them. So what do they do? You think, oh my God, the Holy Spirit just spoke. Uh, Saul, Barnabas, you guys, go, go. He said, go. They don't just go. What do they do? They get their hit. They hit their knees again. It's insane. So, so after more fasting and prayer, that blows me away. You've been given a direction by the Holy Spirit. You immediately go back to fasting and prayer. That's how. That's how much they needed it. After more fasting and prayer, the men laid hands on those two guys and sent them on their way. Prayer and fasting. There are some of you here today that you're you're faithful in church, which is awesome. I I think it is such a necessity, not because I said it, Jesus died for it, but I'm telling you something. Some of you, you go to church and it's, you go consistently, but you still, you still lack intimacy with God. Like it's still not there. And you're like, you even wonder, I go to church, I'm there, but I'm just like, I, I don't feel it. Can I tell you something? Church is just one thing. Of, of, like, I tell people, and I've said this before, as soon as you leave this environment where this bubble of, of beauty and the word of God and, and the Holy Spirit, as soon as you leave this environment, you, you, you'll step out in the world. And when you step out in the world, you are in a conveyor belt going backwards. I promise you. Well, I'm just standing still. No, you're not. You're never still. You are going backwards because that's the trajectory of the world that we live in. So unless you take active steps to go forward, you will automatically go back. Church is one step. But if church is all you do, if it's just once a week, that in that morning of Sunday that you're spending with God, if that's all you do, you're going backward. Like, that'd be like if you're married and you, t- and you talk to your spouse like once a week. Some of the guys are like, that'd be great. Uh, no, no, it's not. So um, if you talk to your spouse once a week and you don't have an intimate relationship, that's not a surprise, is it? You connect once a week. You're not going to have that relationship. This is, why I, this is why prayer is so critical. Fasting is so critical. It's so critical. Saul, man, God selects who the world rejects. That's, that's a fact. If you feel rejected by society, if you feel rejected by your peers or your friends, I'm telling you, God hasn't rejected you. God is drawing you in. He loves you. The, so what's our goal today as we close? Our goal today is not just to pray, but it's to get into a habit of prayer. It's to pray daily. And I want to help you with that. I want you to have it stack. I want you to uh, learn from what Jesus taught. Learn from what Jesus not only taught, but what he did. And and, and one of the keys to this is going to be repetition. The more that you do something, the more you're going to be inclined to do something. Does that make sense? I I shared with you, like, uh, was it, um, I don't know, a year ago. I forget what I say sometimes. But I told you I was taking golf lessons. God, help me. I I, So no one's ever had this happen, I bet. I don't know why I keep trying to golf. I do. I don't know why. It's like I like to torture myself. So I had this instructor, like one of my seventh instructor, they, this, my instructor literally fired me. Like, how how does this happen? Here's what he told me. He didn't come out and say it that way, but here's what he said. Like he was analyzing my swing. This is like my sixth or seventh session. And he's like, and this guy's a professional golfer. And this is what he says to me. He said, you know, because I'm like, well, what do I do? How do I do? And he said, you know, 
I need to actually go talk to some of my friends that are also instructors and get their, get their advice. I'm like, what? So you don't, I, I am that much of a lost cause that you don't, he's like, I don't know. I just, dude, you're, I don't. So we're done. I said, all right, I'm not going to torture you or me. So now I'm learning from a guy online because if he takes me off, I can just hit pause and then, and then it's done. So I'm learning, and this guy online has been good though. You know, what he, you know what he keeps telling me? He says, he says, you built bad habits over 20 years. They're not just going to go away. Think about that. So what he has me do is he has me get the right swing going, which I don't know if it's right, but it's the best I got. So I'm swinging, and he's like, I want you to swing that 300 times. I'm like, 300? Can I just do like 10? He's like, no, you can't do 10 because 10 won't be enough. You will, you will revert back, guaranteed. One of, the, one of the lessons he says do 1,000, I, I can't. I'm like, come on, seriously, 1,000? But he's so, he knows repetition, repetition, repetition. The more you're on your knees, the more you pray, the more you go to God, the more you read the word, the more that you're going to get in that habit. And it'll be what you do. Soon it won't be, I gotta go to church. Soon it'll be, you know what? That's what I do. Like, it's, it's not on the calendar because I automatically go to church. I automatically read the word. I automatically give back to God. I automatically hit my knees morning, noon, or night in my car, in my shower, on the walk. I automatically do it. I don't need to think about it anymore because why? It's repetitive. It's a habit. God help us get there. You can do it. But, it, but, but here's the problem. and don't, don't make the mistake your pastor made. One foot in, one foot out. You got to go all in. You got to go all in and do whatever God's telling you to do. You know how many people are living one foot in, one foot out? Oh, I'm going to pray for a little bit, but then the series is done. Okay, back to the old life. Oh, I'm going to quit drinking for a little bit, but you know what? A couple weeks later, I'm back at the bar. Whatever it is. That, I'd rather live with both feet out in sin. And that's a crazy statement too. But here's the problem with one foot in and one foot out. I got one foot in the world, and I got one foot in Christ. How miserable. You're, you're too Christian. You can't even enjoy your sin. And you're too sinful, you can't even enjoy Christ. That's where you're at. And that's the world you live. And that's why when you go to church, but you still feel empty on the inside when you leave, well, of course you do. You're, you're, you got one foot in on a Sunday morning, but that foot is out on Monday and Tuesday, certainly Friday night and Saturday night. It, 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 it'll, it'll kill you. And God didn't come to kill. He came to give life. That's what he wants for you. Jesus in the garden. It's so crazy. So he prays in, in, in desperation and agony drips from his, from his brow. And what does he do? He prays. He prays. And, and what does God do? God shows up. Do you remember what it said? You, I, I read it kind of quick. Luke twenty-two forty-three. Does God answer prayer? Jesus prays in agony. And the Lord sends an angel from heaven and I wonder if he told Gabriel or Michael or maybe it was some other angel go help him I, I can't take the cup from him because I love them too much but help him strengthen him he's my son I'm gonna forsake him I'm gonna leave him actually for a bit on the cross the only one that God ever left was Jesus the only one that's ever been forsaken by G by God is Jesus why do you think Jesus said why have you forsaken me he had to Jesus didn't just take on your sin, he became sin. That's insane. I, I can't wrap my head around it. I just know he had to do it, otherwise we're, we're dead in the water. He sends an angel. Do you know when you pray on your knees, when you pray for your marriage, when you pray for your, your kids, 
when you pray for your family, when you pray for yourself, when you pray for your mental health and your physical health and your emotional health, do you know that, 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 that the Lord is sending angels? That's what we talked about last week. This is the power of God. The world that you see is not the world that you live in. It's the world that you don't see. We shared that last week. That's why I tell, your prayer unleashes God's power. God, if you, if you hear nothing else, hear that. When you pray, you're unleashing angels. You are unleashing spiritual, spiritual entities that are powerful, that go to battle for you. There are people, I mean, there are people here today, you're listening, and some of you might be frustrated because you're like, I, I do pray, and I actually pray consistently, but I don't, I don't see God doing anything. I'm telling you, that's because we live in a world that we don't see, a spiritual realm. And just because you don't see the hand of God moving doesn't mean he's not moving. Every time you pray, he moves. Every time. Doesn't mean he's going to answer it like you want. God, the battles we face. So, others, you're going through a severe test. We started this talking about an olive press, talking about pressure, talking about difficult times, talking about hard situations. Are you in one? Some of you, you are. Like, you're dying on the inside. You're suffering. You're in your garden of Gethsemane, and you feel the pressure, and you feel the pain, and you feel the agony. And you're in there, and if God, if I could say anything to you, I would say this. You know, Jesus in the garden never gave up. And here's what I would say to you if you're in that situation, and you're struggling, and you're hurting. And, but by the way, that's why God brought you here. I would say, God, what would I say? Don't give up. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. Your God, he is with you. Your God is for you. Your God, when you pray, he will strengthen you. Why? Because he's not done with you. He's not done with you. He's got more for you. He has life for you. He has purpose for you. He has love for you. I want to uh, invite the people getting baptized to get on up here. Yeah. Come on. Come on. So... So as they come up, and you guys can, as you come up on this side over here, or whatever, you pick whatever side. You got it all figured out, don't you? <laughs> You're in Christ. You do what you want. I love it. So once you get up here, you can line up right over here. Let everybody see what God is doing in you. So let me tell you about baptism. What they're going to do here in about four minutes is declare in front of you. But, but you're the small audience. Understand that. Do you know the big audience? Again, what it is it? It's the audience you can't see. The heavenly realms. The evil realms. They're going to declare to God, to the enemy, to everybody in between, their allegiance to King Jesus. That's what they're going to do. They've already declared their faith. So they've already declared, we've already gone through that with them. They've given their testimony. They've written down the reasons why they want to get baptized. They shared them with me. They've declared that Jesus Christ is the Lord of their life. What they're doing here is they're declaring it in front of everybody. That's what baptism is, is telling the world, I'm not perfect, but you know what? I'm ready for the old to be gone. God, aren't you ready for the old freaking life to be gone? New life. That's what they're declaring. That's what it represents. When they go down, I don't want that anymore. I'm ready for something new. And they come back up. You know what I'm saying, Levi? You do? You know what? I should have had everybody wear these. That's, that's pretty dope right there. I'm going to read a scripture. Colossians. I'm reading this with a group I'm in, a group of guys that hold me accountable. 
and I hold them accountable because I need it and they need it. And we're in the word together because that's how we grow and love each other and feed, feed our spirit, remember? Colossians 2.12. <laughs> you know who wrote it? Saul. Dude was insane and now he's writing the Bible through the hand of God, of course. So, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life. Because every one of you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You know what that tells us? It tells us that after the garden, he died, didn't he? A few hours later, he'd go to the cross and he would die. Heinous, disgusting death. But he had to do it to save us from our sin. To save you guys from your sin. So I don't know. I know we're taking pictures. I don't know if you want them to line up a certain way. Or what you, but you can kind of talk to them and, and just tell them to line up to get, a, to get an awesome picture. Hey, you know what? Should we give God praise one more time for what he's doing? We got people declaring new life in Christ. We got people that went from death to life. We got people. Hey, I love it. You know what's really cool? Real men get baptized in their genes. That's what I tell people. That's what real men do. <laughs> I love it. That is one good-looking group of people. Today, heaven celebrates. Today, that's what the Bible says. When, when people go from death to life, armies, allegiances of angels, along with Christ in heaven, who sits at the right hand of the Father. Oh, by the way, here's something nuts. Do you know what Jesus is doing right now? This blows me away. Physical, physical Jesus, he's not here anymore. He sent his Holy Spirit. He, the Spirit is with us now. Jesus is in heaven. You know what he's doing? He's talking to God. You know what that is, right? Prayer. The Bible says that God intercedes, or Jesus intercedes to the Father for us right now. So even for you, you, I don't know what you're going through. He does. And, and, and Jesus talks to the Father about you. God, I love him so much. Father, your plans for them are so good. God, I hope they hear, I hope they hear this word and they take it and they do it. They're just loving each other because they love you. And they love you guys. So, two more scriptures and then they're getting dunked. You were dead. You guys were once dead in your sin. Because of your sins, because of your sinful nature, it was not yet cut away. That can only be done by Jesus when you give your life to him. Then God. I want you to have a then God story. They do. You know what they told me? This is what I used to do, then God. And now I'm up on a stage looking at people I don't know, getting ready to get dunked in a bunch of water. Then God. Do you have a then God story? I, I do. I, you know mine. Drugs, addicted, hopeless, helpless, worthless, I felt. Then God. Every one of their stories matter to God. Every one of you have a then God story. That's why you're up here. Then God. Then God. Say then God. Say then God. Say then God. Shout then God. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. I said he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of charges against us. He took them away by nailing them to the cross. Give him praise. Shout to the Lord. Let's get baptized. They might have just got baptized for my saliva. We don't know. But that doesn't count. Let's hit this really quick. They're going to share 30 seconds. Just so you can get a little snippet of what Christ has done to them and why they're even standing up here. 
Levi, just tell him. Why do you want to get baptized, or what are you doing up here? Um, I'm just going to like give my life to God and let him choose what I do. You got a big brother, Trenton. What about you? I wanted to get baptized because for the past like three years, I've been doing prayer every night with my mom and my dad. And I just felt like I haven't prayed enough. So I just want to give my life to God so I can pray and change. Prayer changes everybody. I wish we would all pray every night with our mom and our dad. Mom, Emma, what about you? First of all, you got to feel like on top of the world right now. You got sons up here that are declaring allegiance to the Lord. Nothing more powerful than that. Why are you up here? Because I'm done living life my way. I'm done. She's done living life her way. I'm just totally ready to live for him. She's going to live for Jesus. I love you guys. I'm proud of you. Katrina, share with everybody why you're up here. I'm up here because I want to get baptized because I'm tired of following him in the comfort of my own self. I want to show that I am declaring that I know him and I follow him everywhere and anytime. Everywhere, anytime, day, night, it doesn't matter. Gavin, you're next in a line, a powerful line covered by the power of God. Why are you up here, my friend? Why do you want to get baptized? Uh, I'm reaffirming my faith. I had kind of drifted away from the church, and I'm just here for a new start here in Omaha. God gives new stars to anybody and everybody. Gavin, we're going to celebrate with you, my friend. Tyler, share a little bit of your story. Why are you up here today? I am, I am no longer a slave to sin. And by God's grace, I am now free in the freedom of Christ, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's been set free. Don't you want that? I want what you have. I want freedom in Jesus. Sometimes God works in individuals. Sometimes he'll move so mightily, he'll work in families. You've seen that over there. You'll see that here with Bob and Veronica, with Johnny and Chevelle. Johnny, tell us why you're up here. Why do you want to get baptized? Because I can fall in love with Jesus. Because he's a follower of Jesus, and that's the next thing you do. That's the progression. You give your life to Jesus, and you get baptized. Chevelle, go ahead and share your story. I want to get baptized because so we can be with, with them, and we can be on his side. You want to be on God's team? She wants to be on God's team. You want to be on the right side? You are. You are. And mom and dad should be proud because a big reason that Chevelle and Johnny are even declaring faith in Christ is because you are and because you lead that way. So, Veronica, why are you up here? Why do you want to get baptized? To do better for my kids and to teach them to follow Jesus and to love Jesus and to be more like Jesus. Amen. Modeling Jesus for your family will change your family. And Bob, what about you? I've talked to friends. They're, they got family and friends celebrating with them today. Thank you if you're here celebrating with them. Oh my gosh, God wants to do a work in you too. I mean, he's good. Bob, what about you? Why are you up here? I want to take the next step with Jesus. Um, instead of walking beside him, I want to walk with him. 
Whoa. Take the next chapter. The next chapter, I love it. Everybody has a next step. So you guys can kind of come over here, kind of line up right here. And we have no particular order. Why don't we just go in the same order that you guys just um, gave your little testimony in? We'll start with, with your family. Um, we have a couple people baptizing. I don't know where they are, but they're going to come up here in just a second. And what we're going to do, you've already heard from them. You're going to celebrate. We're going to play some worship music. It's called, it's called uh, Gardens. What's it called? Graves into Gardens. I can't, you can't mix that up because it'll really screw things up. So uh, it's got to be the right order. Otherwise, what are we doing? So, uh, yes. Are you guys baptizing, right? Get on up here. Give it up for our baptizers, right? Ryan, Tori. Why are they baptizing? Because they've given their life to Christ and they've been baptized. We equip people to do ministry. So you baptize, you're saved, you baptize others. That's what they did in the, the New Testament. That's what they did in the book of Acts. We just want to model that. So um, I would say you guys can kind of both be on this side and you guys can kind of just maybe take turns because that way they can get a shot. So, so here's what we're going to do. You're going to watch we're going to worship so you can sing, watch. When they come up, though, we're going to be celebrating like crazy because we celebrate anytime God does a big move. And it doesn't get much bigger than this. So you guys will baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will submerge them completely. And, you know, if you like them, bring them up. So I'm just kidding. Bring them up. Bring them up. And, uh, and we're going to celebrate like crazy. So you guys do your thing. We're going to worship and do our thing. And as we see them come up while we're worshiping, we're going to worship even bigger, okay? Okay? I said, okay. Give him praise, somebody. Give him a shout, somebody. I believe the Lord is moving in a mighty way. Let's go. Here's my final question. Do you have a then God story? I was this, but now then God did that, and now I'm this. You can have it. The Bible says that anybody who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ can be saved. You can't be good enough. You can't earn it. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. People covered by the grace of God go to heaven. Understand something. The reason that they're saved and they'll go to heaven today, for sure, is because God covered them with grace, just like he covered you with grace. By faith, they accepted it. By faith, they said, I believe that Jesus is God's son. He was in that garden. He was dead. He's alive. He's in heaven today. And he sent his Holy Spirit. And I want that spirit living in me. If you want that, you can ask God right now. If you ask God right now to come into you and make you new, he will. If you do that, mark it on your card so I know and I can celebrate and we can celebrate with the, with the heavens that will celebrate with you. And then, when we do this again in a few months, you'll be up here. And you'll be sh telling your world that you belong to the Lord and that you want to live for him. He didn't just die for your neighbor or your friend, he died for you. God, he died for you. Father, I thank you so much for your word and your truth. The gospel of Christ has gone forth. The good news says when we call on your name and our, our faith connects with your grace, we're saved. We can't earn it. God, I'm not a good person. I'm a pastor of a church, but there's things I do sometimes that are not good. And I repent. And I'm sure that there's other people that can say the same thing. But thank God that we don't get to heaven because we're a good person. We get to heaven because we're a saved person covered by the grace of God, covered by your grace. 
God, we thank you for everybody that declared their faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the friends and family that came to watch and celebrate with them. God, we thank you for the people that will be making decisions today. We thank you for the first-time guests that came, and they'll go out right now, and they'll get, they'll get a, a gift for being here today. God, I pray that the message has fed them. I pray that it goes forth and that they'll build habits that will change their lives forever. Prayer, church, the Word of God, being around people that love us and love you more. Father, we give you glory. We declare that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. Church, if you believe it, give him one more shout of praise for everybody that went from death to life. He's so good. He's so God. And he so loves you. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.